You are listening to Infertility and Beyond. We are your hosts, Amy and Sasha. For us, it has not been easy trying to conceive. Come join us on this journey as we talk all things infertility, share our stories and the stories of others, bring you information surrounding fertility treatments, grief, and everything in between. We are here to connect and empower women as they navigate all things infertility and beyond. Let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, we are speaking to one of our good friends, Lucinda, who is also the co-owner of Cool Crystal Co. Lucinda's trying to conceive journey felt like it started with a bang when her and her partner fell pregnant quite quickly, which was an absolute blessing. Unfortunately, this pregnancy resulted in a miscarriage early on and left the pair feeling devastated. Going through the grief of a miscarriage, as well as going through the disappointment of month after month not falling pregnant again, was the start of a passion and a business venture for her. That business being called Crystal Co, where you can learn all things crystals, manifestation, self-care, and spirituality. After recovering from her loss, Lucinda's cycle had not returned, so she started working with a homeopath. After many months, this led her to get her cycle back and fall pregnant with her rainbow baby, Indy. Indy's start to life was a grand entrance, seven weeks premature, which was a roller coaster within itself. Fast forward and Lucinda is pregnant with her second baby girl, which was conceived when she was putting her own manifestation guidance to practice. Her second conception was so different from the first and Lucinda talks us through what she did different and gives us tips on how you can positively position your mind when you are trying to conceive after trauma. Before we get into today's episode, we have Ash with today's fertility fact. Hey guys, so this one is around some of the male infertility issues. So a common cause of male infertility or sperm problems is exposure to testosterone. This may occur when a doctor prescribes testosterone injections, implants, or a topical gel for a low testosterone issue, or when a man takes testosterone or similar medications illicitly for the purposes of increasing their muscle mass. This then affects the sperm um, you know, count and quality, and that can then obviously hinder your trying to conceive journey. So if you've got some men out there on the bulk and going to the gym, maybe make sure they go and get their test their tests done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think we all know people have done that in their time, younger yes. years to look good. <laughs> Speaking from experience, bloody do it sooner rather than later. <laughs> oh dear. All right guys, let's get into today's episode. We're kicking off episode two. So we are here with our dear friend, Lucinda. Um, We're so excited for you to join us today, Lucinda. How are you? I'm so good. How are you guys? Yeah, good, good. We're actually really excited because um, I love crystals. I think they're beautiful, but I actually don't know a lot about their healing properties and I actually would love to learn more and I'm sure so do a lot of our listeners so um I guess yeah kick it off with maybe before we start talking about um Core Crystal Co and the crystals tell us a little bit about you your family and I guess your journey this far yeah so um I am a mama of uh how old is she I was like 16 16 17 months India's um and I'm also 
um, pregnant, it's kind of like I my pregnancy journey kind of started even like I was thinking about it the other day, like back in, it was literally in 2018. Like that's how like long ago it was. <laughs> and it feels like I've almost been like pregnant the whole time. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots of um yeah, motherhood and I'm also run course core crystal co, which is uh online e-commerce business in crystals, but we also do like our focus is kind of all, all things spirituality, mindfulness, self-care, and also empowerment. So it's just not like your crystals. We've also got like a really um, big education side as well and run masterclasses, you know, coaching, all the things to just like help people on their spiritual and their healing journey. Did you want to like maybe share with our listeners probably the biggest reason that you started Core Crystal Co? Yeah, so... um me starting Core Crystal Co all started from my own healing journey, which actually came from a miscarriage. So in 2018, I um, accidentally fell pregnant. And so we'd always known we wanted children, but it kind of like it just happened. Um, we're not even really sure how it happened. Like we don't even know the date, all those sorts of things. Um and then at nine weeks, I ended up having a miscarriage. I actually had had a missed miscarriage. Like, so I didn't know. I had absolutely no blood. Um, I still did feel like all the tiredness symptoms. But in my pregnancy, I actually didn't have a lot of those like normal, like those symptoms where you get the sore boobs, um, all those sorts of things. So even when I was pre- had all my pregnancies, I actually haven't known until my um, miss period or until I've obviously done the pregnancy test. Um, so I wasn't like really that alarmed, but I spent, I remember I was on holidays and I literally spent like every waking moment Googling like because I felt I, the tiredness went away. That was the only symptom. But still in my head, I was like, oh, like I can't be having, something can't be wrong. Um, so I was just Googling, doing all these, <laughs> this Googling. And um, I had an appointment at the hospital on the 3rd of January. So that was like the next day after I was coming back from the holidays. And I remember being like, maybe I should go to emergency, get this checked out. Then I was like, am I just overreacting? So I waited. And Probably like as well, like I feel like mother's intuition, like you, it's like you knew something was wrong, but you almost didn't know how you knew. Yeah. You knew. And it was, it was almost like if something is wrong, like can I just play, like can I be oblivious to it almost? Like yeah. so um, I waited till I had my appointment and I went in and like you know how the sonograph is aren't, like really allowed to tell you if something's wrong like you need to go back to your doctor but she basically was like looking at it very weird and like I could just sense it and she was like um I just want to let you know like it's not looking how it's supposed to look like um the baby doesn't have a heartbeat and then like instantly you'll <laughs> you just like sink I kind of like knew so like deep down I guess I knew but like still coming out of that, I kept Googling and I was like, maybe, maybe it's like, it, maybe it still needs to get the heartbeat. Like maybe it's still coming. And then I was thinking, I was like Googling, can baby still get a heartbeat at like nine weeks? Like maybe mine's just a little bit slower. Um, 
<laughs> and then basically everything was saying like, no, it has to have a heartbeat by nine weeks. So um, for me, they were like, um, do it's because it's a mis- miscarriage, you have two options. You can either naturally let the um, like fetus dispel or you can get the DNC. And for me at the time, I was like, DNC, I need this to be over and done with because I want to start trying again. But in all honesty, I think that was the worst decision I ever made because I think that had such, like, it really, like, fucked with my body. Um, I didn't get a period back for five to six months. And I remember when I got it back, it was honestly like I was away again. We were on holidays and it was like a, literally like a murder scene, like all through the bed. Um, we had to change the sheets like multiple times throughout the night. And um, after that, I started trying again. We started trying again. I was like, thankfully, I have got my period because obviously if you're not getting a period, like you can't fall pregnant. So even just having that five, like I felt like I was five already at this point, five to six months behind, like I physically couldn't even fall pregnant. So that was such like a mind fuck in itself. Did you do anything in that time? Like obviously you'd had regular periods prior to that. Like did you do anything um, after that to kind of, I guess, um, you know, bring on? No, because they were just basically like it's coming, it's coming. I'd go to the doctors and that was another thing that I found because um, I didn't go to see any specialists, which back then like now that I have friends who have went through the same thing if I was to be in the same position again I would have definitely done that earlier but I had no friends who were even trying to conceive and every time I went to the doctors they were basically like you have to be trying for 12 months before we refer you to a specialist we're not looking at you they were like stop stressing like that the literally the thing I kept getting told was stop stressing and I was like yeah but something's like wrong and then what happened was um it was crazy. So I had these crazy, so I went from bang on a 30 day cycle to a 45 day cycle after that. So my cycle was so out of whack. I actually felt like I can't even explain like, so mentally it was hard, but I felt like I was getting through it. Okay. Mentally, but my body, I was like, so tired. Like I could sleep until nine o'clock. I had no energy. I was lethargic. So that's why I feel like having that DNC had like sent my body into almost shock. And I was speaking, um, I actually ended up getting onto a homeopath through Georgie, funnily enough. So um, Melissa is her name. She's a homeopath. And she messaged Georgie and was like, do you know, um, do you have any friends who are trying to conceive friends or family members? And Georgie got me in contact with her. And, like, she was honestly so much help. So she... Um, reached out to me and what she was doing was doing because um, homeopath is like a kind of like um, it's natural remedy. So it's like a natural um, medicine and they're like little droplets that you can uh, you put into your like water. So she got in contact with me and she's like, I'm doing a fertility trial um, with seven girls. So you would be the eighth girl. And um, they all had, right, every single one had either PCOS or endo. I was the only one who had actually 
um, suffered from a miscarriage. So she added me onto the trial. And do you know the craziest thing was? I was the last to fall pregnant at four months. All these other girls had fallen pregnant before me. Yeah, wow. That's that's actually like maybe we could chat with her or you can chat with her and maybe even potentially pop her details um, in the show notes or something because I think, you know, people who are listening to this podcast with PCOS and endo, I mean, you know, I think at this point anyone wants to try anything. So, yeah, that's awesome. And, um, like, honestly, within the first month, a massive difference. So literally it took one cycle. So you've got your 30 days of the – because some drops you take – like it's you've got like this schedule, you take a few drops this day, some more than the other. Yeah. And it took, so I had had one cycle, it lowered it a little bit. By the second cycle, I was already back down to um a 30-day 30 30-day 30 cycle. And she actually got me, so this was the thing when I was seeing all the doctors, none of them referred me on to get more tests, even. Yeah. Like literally, it was like stop stressing, you're young. And it hasn't been a year yet and you can get pregnant and you're just like pregnant and they're telling me they're like it's normal for it to take this long blah 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 um and she was like go get this test so she gave me like this special test which checks all your levels like your estrogen your progesterone all those sorts of things like to make sure you're in the optimum like range to fall pregnant and like even when I went to doctors was like I want this test they're like why and I had to explain it to them and they're like, you can get it, but it's, you know, you have to pay for it. It was like $300, but I was like, I don't care. And then she's like, bring the test results. Show me the test results. So my estrogen was like 0.05. I think you need to be like between like eight and something else is normal. So I, that extremely low, let alone to be like able to fall pregnant and the doctor looked at these results and didn't even say anything was wrong with them. When she looked at them, she was like, this is like, like, no wonder why you're not like, falling pregnant. And um, that was then she put me on the homeopaths. And, yeah, so it took the two months for my period to go back to normal. And then I started them in September and I fell pregnant in January. So, it had been, and I had my miscarriage November the year before. So it basically was like, what is that? Like a 14-month journey um, to actually like conceiving again. Yeah, wow. That's, yeah, that's crazy. But that's that's really interesting. I would love to, yeah, get her details for everybody listening. But, yeah, um, yeah. so tell us about um, you had a, a pretty healthy pregnancy with your daughter Indy and tell us about, do you want to tell us about, um, yeah, I guess how she came earthside, I guess, like how she was um, early and all that sort of stuff and how, you know, they kind of yeah. coped with that. and. Yep. So she um, was actually six weeks early, a little prem. Um, and like we had no <laughs> signal that she was coming or anything early or anything like that. So what happened was I was just, I woke up one day and I actually was quite, had a little leakage throughout my pregnancy. So I would wear those Modi body um, underwears, like the period underwear. And I woke up one morning and I had a little bit like more than usual, but I wasn't like really alarmed because I'd already had the leakage. And um, I remember I still like 
was getting ready for gym, I sat on the toilet and then I kind of stood up and a bit more liquid come out, come out, but nothing like the movies. Like that is just like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like nothing's like the movies though. Even like childbirth and stuff. I feel like they exaggerate it so much. (laughs) Oh, so much. So even still because of the movies, I was like, um, yeah, I don't know if my waters have actually broke. So I still kept getting ready for gym. And then as I stood up, um, oh yeah, as I stood up at the toilet, more came out. And I think I was like, okay, um, because I didn't have the undies on at this point. I was like, I'll put my period underwear on. And I actually like seeped through them. Like the liquid like actually started like leaking out the other side. And then I was like, "Mm, this doesn't like seem normal. It's supposed to like contain a period. Like, (laughs) and I could, I, um, so my water's breaking was the first sign. I had absolutely no pain, no contractions. I called my obstetrician. They were like um, kind of like didn't even think I was in labour, like they probably thought I was making it up or something, um, <laughs> and then told me to go to the hospital. And the hospital because, um, like took me in. They were like, yeah, your water's up, um, have broke by because they assess by um how full your pad is and then we had to wait a little bit to get um like an internal assessment because they were so busy and she did an internal assessment and I was four centimeters dilated already um my sister-in-law was sitting there and she was like I can see the head because they put like they up and she's like oh my god and then she's like you're four centimeters dilated she's like we better get Darcy here so this was when COVID um like at the start of COVID um so not last year the year before in August and they were like what do you mean who's Darcy and like my sister-in-law was like uh, her partner and they're like oh she's your support person now and we're like, what? And they're like, yeah, you can only allow one person within a 24-hour period. So you can have someone else come up, but it has to be the next day. And oh my God, I would have like. I was it. like, it's okay. I won't have the baby before then. And then Haley's like, that is not good enough. Because obviously when you say your waters are broke, like they were checking you in at the counter. Like it wasn't like normal because you had to sign in all those things. Everyone just freaks out. They didn't even sign me in. They didn't prep me. Like they didn't tell me this information. They were just like, oh, my God, get her in. Her waters are broke. Like I don't know what they think is going to happen. Like the baby's going to birth on the floor or something. <laughs> um, they're freaking out at the counter and just like trying to get me to the birth area. And... um they because they didn't obviously tell us the proper like um like brief us he was allowed to come up but they also were like because I was I was like so am I in labor and they're like yeah you are but and I was like well how long am I going to stay like this why don't I have any pain like everyone's different like you honestly could stay like this for uh three weeks or it could be a a matter of hours but because you're so high risk one your waters are broke your baby you're in actually in labor and you're six weeks early like you're not leaving this hospital until this baby comes <laughs> and I hadn't even been on, I wasn't even on maternity leave yet so basically I just gave um like obviously when um in the next couple of days after I'd had the baby um had Indy I just handed my laptop and um my like work phone back didn't even do like handovers or anything like that I love um, how I love how chill you are too. Like I remember, like I think it was 
after, just after or on Indy's due date, like obviously six weeks after you actually had her and you're like in the nursery taking a video and you're like, finally finishing my nursery. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're like, that just gives me so much anxiety. Not that you even need a nursery for the first six months anyway, but you were just so chill. You're like, oh, finally getting in to finish my nursery. And like, she's been here for six weeks. It was just so funny. I was like, oh, I love you, Cinder. I know. I'm such a <laughs> go with the flow person. Perfect person to happen to in the way of like, you just really? accepted it. <laughs> That's why like, I feel like motherhood like has been quite, like um easy for me because I'm not like a I don't like we're not scheduled so babies like it's hard to actually get them into that schedule Mm -hmm. so I kind of just let her find her own routine and then when she found it I didn't push for anything yeah um but yeah so then she's this back to the six week six weeks so she actually um came so when my waters broke was like about 7 a.m on the Monday and she was born 8 a.m the next day but Again, I like literally had no pain, right, until um, they kept doing assessments on me. Like, well, I think they did one. I didn't get another one until 10.30 at night because they literally were so busy. Um, and then still at 10.30, there was nothing, no pain. and But I couldn't sleep because you know how freaking cold the hospitals are and also um, the adrenaline because I knew that a baby was coming. And I guess deep down, like intuitively, I just knew she was going to come really soon. Um, so we, because she was so early, we were, they were able to do um, two rounds of steroids. I think they give them for their lungs. So they're a bit stronger because a common thing with um, prem babies is the breathing and like regulating themselves and their heat, their temperature. Um, so we got two doses in and it was like, so it was probably like 1, 2 a.m. in the morning and I still hadn't even slept yet. And then I had like these period pains. But because I was so tired, I was like lying there and I was like, it's going to go away. I was like, it's just cramps. Because like, <laughs> it literally just felt like period pain. And then it got they got so close together that I was like, oh, maybe I better get the nurse. So I got the nurse. And basically from the moment they put me into the birth suite, it was just like all on from there. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, and, yeah, she was born at 8.10 the next day. Um, it felt like I remember when they said the time, they were like 8.10. I was like, sorry, what? And they're like 8.10. I was like 8.10, like in the morning or the night? And they're like in the morning. And I was like, what? I thought I'd been in here all day long. I thought it was like 6 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh, my God. And did you get to do skin to skin or did they take her straight away to do obsess- like assessment? Um, I was pretty lucky, but we got to do, so they thought they had a specialist there with um, the breathing machines, the heat things all ready to go um, in case, because they were like, we don't know if she'll be able to regular, regulate herself when she comes out. And when she came out, I was able to get one minute of skin to skin and then they had to take her and, you know, do all the things. Yeah. Um, and then she was in NICU in a, so this special care nursery for two and a half weeks. So she actually like quite sailed through cause they normally don't let prem babies go till they're classified as full term, which is 37 weeks. So she got out a few days early because they need to be able to, there's a few things they have to do on their own. Um, and babies normally can't do this um before 37 weeks so it's the sucking so they can obviously like feed um 
like, you know, regulate their temperature um, because they're so small. So she was only 2.3 kilos and then because it's um, natural for them to lose their, lose weight over the first 10 days, she ended up going down to like 2.1. So she was like so tiny and that was like hard enough to push out a 2.3 kilogram baby, let alone anything bigger. <laughs> yeah, so you have a deep admiration for mums that give back to like 10 pound babies and stuff. <laughs> so... Well, that and like you would have just been so happy to have your basically miracle earth side. I mean, after pregnancy, after loss, like, do you have anything you want to add on that? Like, were you feeling like, how did you feel? Um, I guess we're going to lead into um, a little bit more about this, obviously, when you explained how you started um, Cool Crystal Co. But, you know, was that, a <clears throat> excuse me, a bit of a dark time for you? And can you kind of explain that to us as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like a very dark time. I think it was so like disappointing as a lot of people listening would know, like you do the pregnancy test before your period even comes. And every time it's just so heartbreaking. And I was so up in my head. I was literally to that point of like, so desperate. And like, I like felt like help so helpless. And, um, but also I was doing, so I was doing all the ovulation kits and that was another thing that was really like messing with me because I didn't ovulate the same time every month. I was sometimes, and maybe sometimes I don't even think I was ovulating. So the sticks was so like, it was really hard for me to read the sticks. I tried the smiley face ones and I literally never, ever got like the proper smiley face where it flashes, flashes, flashes at you, like go ahead. So those were like really messing with my mind during the time um this was like between the period of where I had before I'd actually gotten onto a regular cycle as well um and I was doing yes all the tracking like really like up in my head about it and I think that was probably the best thing that I did is stop tracking because as like I said before I'm like a really go with the flow person so I knew it actually wasn't me to track but at the same time I thought well the more I'm doing the more control I have over it. But I think it was like really having the opposite effect for me because I was like so obsessed. Um, so after I had actually, so what was that? I was, so it took five to six months to get my period back. I was getting um, really like up in my head about that. And when I started working with um, Melissa, the homeopath, and I think I'd gotten my period to a regular point, I kind of felt like, it was, and I knew I should have done this earlier, um, time to kind of stop tracking the ovulation. So that was one thing that I really did, which actually helped my mindset a lot um, because it, like, just wasn't me, like, and I knew that for so long. Um, but also what happened was within that time I had, that was when I decided to start um, Core Crystal Co as well. So I had actually started um working with crystals for fertility um because I was basically just trying to try anything and everything that I could so I tried um working with some crystals and I just like really like fell in love with it and it was like helping me with my healing journey because crystal healing is like a form of therapy um so then that's what eventuated into me starting Core Crystal Co because I like loved the crystals so much myself and I was like I want to share this 
like spread awareness to it, but also like the stigma with crystal healing back then. And I think it's like changed a lot these days. I don't know, maybe it's because I'm just so in it that I don't even realize. Um, but it was like super woo woo and like a lot of people kind of didn't even believe in it. Um, so yeah, that's how Core Crystal Co actually came to be. Core Crystal Co is a small online Australian business. They specialize in all things healing, self-care, spirituality, manifestation, and mindfulness. From candles, crystals, and journals, you can find it all. Check them out on Instagram at Core Crystal Co for loads of free educational content or head over to their website to have a browse, www.corecrystalco.com.au. And of course, we have a cheeky discount code for all of our IMB community. I'll pop it in the show notes, but it is a capital I, the and sign, B15. All right, guys, let's get back into today's episode. Um, can you like let us like in on how crystals like can help or obviously they did help you with your fertility and your manifestation but I guess um, how they could help our listeners and I guess what services Core Crystal Code do offer um, as well absolutely so there is um, like with every crystal uh, it has like special like healing properties so some crystals help you with like you know financial abundance some are more new beginnings um, but each crystal corresponds to at least um, one energy center in your body. So they're called like chakras. And usually um, when you like feel off, like you might have headaches, for instance, um, or I don't know, fertility is actually connected to like your sacral chakra, which is where your creativity come from. So if this is out of balance, you will be, you could be experiencing like um, lack of creativity, like um, like, uh, low libido, sexuality, um, like issues, falling pregnant, all those sorts of things, because there isn't like an even energy flow um, within that center. So crystals help by balancing that energy center out and it's basically like healing from the inside out. So I started working with crystals in a few different ways. Um, Firstly is like a really, and I guess with all crystals and crystal healing, it is healing, but it's also manifesting because you're trying to heal that area to then manifest something else in. So um, which obviously in this case was um, a baby. Um, I started sleeping with crystals because basically you want to have the crystals in your like energy field as much as possible because they're not going to work if they're like, you know, I don't know, up in your back shed or something. Um, it needs to be like within um, like your energy. Um, sleeping with them under my pillow, I would basically just take a moonstone um, Moonstone and Unicite were, were like my absolute number two. I mean, number ones, um, my favorite two, I should say. Um, Moonstone is basically for like regulating your hormones. It's a stone of new beginnings. And it's actually like known as the stone of um, fertility and also like your intuition. Moonstone also connects you to the moon. So I don't know if you guys have heard about like um, – having the red cycle and your um white cycles yeah like cycling like your period with yeah basically i yeah. think that's like oh, like 
they used to do that a long time ago and now in you know Mm -hmm. as things have advanced we use apps and we use it's just become so yeah that's exactly it because it's actually like um quite like witchy so back they used to do this like as sacred practices and like back in that time your period was like really celebrated but uh, obviously as time comes on like people have this like if you like talked about your period to a male they'd be like ew so it's kind of shifted but yeah that's how they used to and do it back then and your red cycle means that you um bleed on the full moon and then you ovulate on the new moon and then your white cycle means you bleed on the new moon and then you ovulate on the full moon so just like um, a moon will take exactly 30 days for it to come into the next cycle which is like the average time frame for your period so it's like optimum to be cycling um well like with the moon so the white moon um apparently and I actually didn't know about this until after falling pregnant but cycling with the white um you're having your white cycle so that you're actually ovulating with the full moon is like known for your fertility and you're more like intuitive um and have kind of like that more nurturing energy around you and you can kind of change your cycle even because like obviously like you know people could fall within those two moons but um i've been told and i have done research on my myself um to you can shift your cycle to be more aligned with one of those moons is that right yes you can yeah like through um you know working with crystals or like even I think there's like and I'd you'd have to look into a little bit more because I obviously didn't need to do it because I'd found out like after I'd already fallen pregnant um but I a lot of like doulas will probably know this and be quite um like informed about it Mm -hmm. but yeah the working with your moonstone because like literally moonstone will help you like sink in with the um white moon cycle therefore creating more of that like um fertility energy and then um unikai is also another crystal known for um fertility but more so um like regulating the body as well so those were my two main crystals and then you've got like also like your rose quartz which is just really like nurturing its love self-love um that i was working with as well and then you can um like if you want to do more with them my main thing was just keeping the crystals within my space and something else that is really crazy is I actually got this moonstone uh necklace and like this story is literally insane right so I wore it when did I get it September probably like October um because it was after I started the primary past I think yeah and because I, during the time when I started taking the um, homeopathics, I was really trying to not pregnancy test before my period was late because it was playing with my head so much that I would take the test early, but then be like, oh, maybe I tested too early. So then I was like testing two days later and I was doing like four pregnancy tests before I'd even like missed my period. And then like still, um, if my period was one day late, I was like, oh, I must be pregnant. Um, so like just really mind fucking. So I had this moonstone necklace and 
because I'd started the business, I'd actually like detached from um, wanting, like I obviously wanted to be pregnant, but I wasn't doing all the ovulation. I wasn't, um, I'd started kind of not testing early and like just kind of like really letting it go and like just letting it be being like, oh, fall pregnant when the time is right. And this, I just had this like, so my period wasn't even late yet, but I just had this hunch. I had no pregnancy symptoms and like, because I guess I'm quite like spiritually aligned, there was like this, it's going to sound really weird to people who aren't spiritual, but I was like sitting down by the park meditating and like my, the way I get a lot of guidance is through like magpies. Like it's really weird. It's like, they actually talk to me. Like, obviously I don't hear words, but they're like chirping to me. They never swoop me. They come up really close, like sit beside me and something, I just had this push and it was like, go home and do a pregnancy test. you're pregnant like go home and do a pregnancy test at the same time I was like no like what if it's too early I don't want to get a negative and I actually am and then it's like you know my period doesn't come for a few days and it's just a mind fuck but I had this like massive hunch it was like no you have to do it so I went home and I remember I did the pregnancy test and I kind of still wasn't expecting it to be positive and I like looked away looked back and I screamed so loud the neighbors would have heard me and I was like I'm pregnant. I ran out to Darcy and I still had my pants around my ankles. Like, and I was like just jumping for joy. I was so happy. And then it gives me goosebumps. I love that. <laughs> I know. I like remember it so clearly. The next day, right, I was driving along in the car and no joke, this necklace like shattered into pieces. Like I was not touching it. The the actual crystal like just cracked and fell into my lap whoa what do you what what would that mean do you think for you the fact that it's done its job or yeah that it's done its job so like what I say what I tell my community is when you lose a so it could be that you lose the crystal or it could even be that the crystal breaks and that means that it's served its purpose so it's no longer required like you don't need it in your life anymore yeah wow that's so cool yeah, so crazy. I've had other times where like I've achieved something that I've been trying to manifest and then the crystal like just disappears and then like it'll show up randomly like three months later in like the randomest spots and then I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I needed to start working on like, I don't know, my intuition again or something because I am feeling a bit disconnected. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy how, um, yeah, how it worked like that. But that's probably my craziest story to do with crystals yeah wow I feel like everyone on this listening to this podcast is like I need at least those two crystals you just mentioned because like it's yeah it's 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 something so simple that you can do obviously um but yeah clearly especially if you are spiritual or if you're wanting to become more spiritual definitely an amazing place to start grab yourself some crystals um we actually we'll put Crystal Co. Um, and your your details in in the show notes, Cinder, so people can contact you because um, I think that would be you know a really great place to start, along with um, manifesting. And you know, would you have a recommendation for people like with the meditating and the manifesting? How often would you advise to do that? And do you have any tips or tricks in regards to how how they would start because a lot of people I remember when I first started doing meditation I was I felt like a bit of an idiot because I didn't really know how to do it because we didn't and unfortunately we're not really brought up and taught these skills unless we have you know spiritual people around us so 
it does feel quite um I think weird at the start and you kind of go is this even doing anything so would you have any tips for anyone obviously they're you know welcome to reach out to you and actually you know I'm you do classes and stuff as well but is there something you could give to people you know first-time listeners on here um absolutely I think just with so with manifesting manifesting really isn't like because a lot of people think it's like oh I'm doing these practices and it like they're like oh when do you manifest but like essentially you're manifesting all the time like it's more if you look at it as instead of doing it's just a way of being it will completely like shift your perspective so for example if you like whatever you it is you desire so in this case people are wanting to have a baby um full pregnant it's kind of like well who do I what do I need to embody to um get pregnant so obviously there might be some things that you need to shift internally, such as um, for me, it could have been like I still partied quite a lot and because a lot of my friends were young. So for me, maybe it was like I needed to stop partying in order to, because it's like you need to be that person. Obviously, when you become a mother, you stop partying. So maybe I needed to stop those habits in order to kind of show the universe that I was ready Um, Also, a lot of people might be flat out in their jobs. So like higher power is kind of like, well, how are you supposed to manage a baby? You're working till 7 p.m. every night. There actually isn't space for a baby to come in, like how you you won't manage. Or it could be like you eat really, really badly. And like, you know, we, when you feel pregnant, you want to nourish your baby. You um it could be like you know taking the prenatal vitamins and just like doing the prep work that you need to be so it's like okay when I'm become a mother what will I be doing it could be um you start like really paying more attention to your friends who have children and like you hold their babies and you kind of envision that's going to be your life soon um and asking questions about it as well, like, you know, getting to learn the information um, about like, you know, breastfeeding, all those things before you actually need to know about it. So it's like just embodying um, and shifting so you are that person before you actually um, like are it. And that's the kind of your easiest way to bring something to fruition. Yeah, um, so true because I feel like in this day and age, we like make up in our mind the decision, oh, well, I want to be a mum, so I deserve to have a child right now regardless. And like, yeah, it's not that you don't deserve it. It's just like you said, circumstances maybe with it, even without your control, without you even being mindful of it, not right yet. And it is the universe, you know, trying to give you, you know, um, what you need at the right time but it is very hard I think because we are from a generation that we want something we want it now we don't want to have to wait we don't want to have to work we don't want to have to even you know manifest for it but it does make a lot of sense what you're saying because everything is you know aligned yeah and then there's is the practices that you can do like the meditation and like you know journaling about um like so sitting in the feeling of being pregnant all those sorts of things But sometimes those things can feel like a chore. So if they're feeling like a chore to you, I actually would recommend that you don't do it because you're kind of manic manifesting and you're pushing it even further away. Um, And I just say, yeah, the easiest way is just like embodying it and, you know, doing all the things that you're supposed to do. 
um, before you fall pregnant. So even like if you, like it could be like you've, you're in your first month of trying, but it's like do you want to wait until you hit the six-month mark to go and get um, specialist help or do you, should you do the test at the start? Like that's setting you up and then you're kind of knowing your body because it's like otherwise you've wasted a bit of time. So just doing all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, you could really like do a meditation and even like connect to um, like your future baby that you want. There's, um, yeah, and you don't have to do, if you're going to do a meditation, I think a lot of people like freak out about, because um, if I, the, the way that I do meditation is I'll normally just go on YouTube and like we have our, our YouTube channel dedicated to meditations. Um, so I can, I listen to my own sometimes, but otherwise I just go onto YouTube and say I wanted a meditation for like manifesting um, in a desire. I would type literally guided meditation for manifesting and see what pops up. And you've, they um, have like the time stamps on them so you can see how long each are and just start literally with a five minute one. The time frame doesn't really matter. I think um, like the shorter, almost the better. So I personally don't do a meditation over probably 20 minutes. Most each day are probably like around the 10 to 12 mark because like it's like we know that we're busy. The time frame isn't, isn't going to matter. And you want to kind of be like really like sitting in it and absorbing the meditation and the guidance rather than like thinking about something external yeah definitely did you you know I guess pregnancy after loss is something that a lot of people do experience these days and did you find because you were at a different like you were in a completely different journey in your life at the time when you you know were pregnant with Indy did you have a lot of doubt that that pregnancy was going to be um full term or did you just have this um I guess instinct that from the get-go you were gonna you know get to meet your little baby I think because you know how they like tell you like the first 12 weeks is like the scariest yeah I think that first like every time I went to the toilet I'd pull my pants down and then kind of check for blood like or hope that there wasn't going to be blood there so I had like a lot of um yeah fear around that yeah and then also being like oh my god if there is blood like I'm going to go into a spiral also because like the hospitals, like it's like a waiting game. They don't like, you know, you're not in there instantly. So yeah. But after that 12 weeks, I did feel a lot like, because basically they, even though you're not safe, they tell you you're essentially safe after that 12 months, um, the 12 weeks. So after that, I did feel a lot, um, like a lot of the pressure taken away and I felt a lot more um yeah like calm about it but yeah it was definitely in the back of my mind all the time yeah I think if any if you've struggled at all I think regardless um it's in the back of your mind isn't it like yeah and I remember saying this to you um when we went on a walk one time like even with this baby now so I've um there has been times like with this baby where I've been getting like really bad cramping and I kind of like um, do freak out a little bit um, but I because I was quite sick with like all my pregnancies so um, Sue's the third one I was quite sick with all of them and 
it's like going to sound really weird, but I actually like having the morning sickness and like the all day sickness because it reminds me that I am pregnant. So if I didn't have that, I would kind of be like, am I still pregnant? So it's like a reminder to me that, you know, baby's still in there and everything's okay. Yeah, definitely. Were you um, worried about, I guess, falling pregnant? Um, the, again, after, you know, you went through like 14 yeah. months of infertility with Indy or did that's, like, that's this strange thing. So, um, and this is why I kind of put it down to like the DNC, because this time again, I fell. So first time I fell pregnant accidentally, and this time was an accident as well. And, um, cause I, I would never go back on the pill ever. Um, I just, so I just don't know. There obviously wasn't really an actual, there wasn't an actual issue why I wasn't full pregnant, falling pregnant. Like we, they never found anything. We just knew that my estrogen was really down that time and obviously my hormones were all out of whack. So that's why I guess I put it down to the DNC. Hmm, um, really interesting. I wonder if um, any of our community have experienced the same thing as you, like after having a DNC, you know, lost their period or had other symptoms like you were explaining, like it would be, yeah, if you do guys, definitely reach out to Cinder because, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, because I've... um. Like I guess it was always in the back of my mind, like when should I try for the next baby because I don't want to have to go, like I would kind of have liked, I guess maybe, I don't know, to start at the two-year mark when India was two and then but my expectation would be like I'd want like it to be by the three-year mark. Then I was like, well, what if the same thing happens? And then it's like, you know, India's five and then the baby arrives but also I was kind of really wanting to focus on the business. So I didn't really want that um, really close age gap. So that was always in my back of my mind, like when would, I guess, be the optimal time because you don't know. Yeah, you can start trying at one point, but you could be trying for like a year, you know, two years before you even fall pregnant. Um, So I guess like when I fell pregnant accidentally this time, it was just like, you know, meant to be. And I had like a lot of... um, like I felt like a lot of pressure at the start, like kind of like, am I ready? How am I going to manage? And it took me a really long time to like wrap my head around it. But yeah, we're so happy now. And so it'll mean that there's a like, what is it? It'll be two under two, um, a 20 month gap between them. Yeah, you're going to have your hands full. <laughs> and two girls as well you're gonna be broke <laughs> no yeah. how amazing but they're gonna be little best friends and that's like so special and you know um with baby number two coming early is that something that is worrying you <clears throat> excuse me or is it something that you're trying to prevent or you just kind of open to seeing what happens yeah so it actually is um something that's like was really playing on my mind um and we are doing some things to kind of, I guess, not um, come early because the, so basically my orb is like, you know, if baby wants to come early, she's going to come early. You can't <laughs> really prevent it. But they, what they've got me doing is taking, I mean, I think that this is something that you do with IUI and IVF as well. I have to take the pessaries. Did you have to do that? Yeah. 
Yeah. So have you had to take it your whole pregnancy or is it just towards From the end? 20 weeks onwards. Okay, yeah. interesting. So IVF, like I had to take it up to, I think it was 12 weeks. So mm-hmm. it's like almost the opposite end, you know. Yeah. yeah. Because um, apparently it'll like um, strengthen everything down there and just kind of like, you know, support because they don't think they've done, they did the test and they, it's not, it wasn't that I had an incompetent cervix. So yeah, my cervix obviously opened up earlier, but it's still, um, and they've been measuring it now because I've been having more ultrasounds and things like that. It's still just above, um, the optimal range. So I think they like it to be 30 centimeters and I'm like 30.05. So if I was under that, they would actually be quite worried and really, really be monitoring me. Yeah. And I guess maybe even expect me to go early. Um, but because it's measuring fine, this is, I guess, the only option that they've really given me. Yeah. And like, I guess every pregnancy is so different. So it's obviously mm. because of past experiences that that you feel like this but hey you could be 42 <laughs> this yeah, time around so <laughs> I actually have this feeling that um I'm gonna go over this time ah. and I'm kind of trying to be like you know manifest that as well because I don't like I need to kind of get like I don't really know what I'm gonna do with the business like I'm gonna kind of keep it I'm obviously not gonna just like stop doing sales so I'm just going to be winging it. So I don't really know what that's going to look like. So if she came six weeks early again, I'd get kind of be a bit of a shit show and I have to figure things out. Because how many weeks are you now? I'm 26. Um, I was 26 on Thursday. Yeah. So like you're like literally if she's six weeks early, that's like 10 weeks, which is very long. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Um yeah, so I guess if you could give any advice, I mean, you've given like a ton of advice, but this is just a question I had written down. And I thought I'd mm-hmm. leave it there for you to um, answer. If you had anything else you'd want to, you could just, um, yeah, say to our listeners um, or anyone out there trying to conceive, whether it's um, information or whether it's just like, I guess, from the heart, I guess. Yeah, I think that um, is just to like keep holding faith because if you don't, like obviously it gets very, very hard in those times where you're constantly getting the negative tests, like other people are falling pregnant, all those things. But it's like if you don't have faith and belief that it's going to happen for you one day, you kind of don't have anything. So just like still holding the belief that one day like your time's coming. Yeah, no, completely. I, I agree with that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Like, so interesting. Um, yeah, I'm sure our listeners have gotten so much information and advice from you and you're happy for them to contact you in regards to um, anything to do with Core Crystal Co or even anything absolutely. to do with your personal story as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, even if they just contact me through, like, Core Crystal Co, if it's, you know, fertility-related or um, crystals and, yeah just do you have like any fertility like packs or anything Um, we do we have a um a fertility um crystal kit so it comes with six crystals um and it comes with like a little instruction card which details like how you can incorporate the crystals into your day-to-day yeah and then of course um the healing properties of each as well we don't actually um because i know every time i've been on a podcast and i've mentioned a um, the moonstone necklace. A lot of people want them. Um, I we don't do jewelry, but um, 
I got mine from Imbella, which is like a small business down in Yamba, and they're online as well. So it's like E-M-B-E-L-L-A. Oh, amazing. That's so cool. And it's actually like a really good gift too. Like I was just thinking even if you are listening to this podcast, you may not be struggling with infertility. Um, like it would be such a beautiful gift to get for somebody that you know is struggling. Like when it is a hard thing to buy for and it is a hard thing to navigate when you're trying to support someone with infertility. Um, so, yeah, that would be something really beautiful as well. Yeah, absolutely. The fertility kits are sold out right now, but I do because there's just the Moonstone Tumble is the crystal that is actually out of stock, Mm -hmm. but it's been ordered. So they'll be back in stock like in two weeks' time. So I'm not sure when it will go live. Probably be going live around that time anyway. So. Perfect. <laughs> All right, lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I've really enjoyed my time today and I hope everyone else enjoyed it as well. And we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Harvey. Bye. Just a reminder to everyone listening that we see you, we hear you, and you are not alone in this. Don't forget to head over to our Instagram, infertilityandbeyond underscore. Send us a message and let us know what you thought about today's show. And all corresponding links will be in our show notes. All right. Until next time. Bye.